1: presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today
2: welcome to speed city with john massingale bob barsha and jonathan green it's the fastest hour on the
1: radio
0: Speed City. All right, GearHeads, welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massingale Joining me in the studio is my friend Jonathan Green. We're here in Austin, Texas. Tonight, as usual, we're going to talk a lot about Formula One and lots more motorsport. But straight off the top, we are thrilled to have our guest. We have Liam Lawson with us. Liam is a 21-year-old race driver from New Zealand, currently competing in Super Formula Championship. He's right at the top, currently second in the championship. He's also a reserve driver. For the Red Bull Racing and Scuderia Alphatari Formula One teams, last year he finished Formula in uh, third in Formula Two. He's previously a Toyota Racing Series I see he's champion. Champion. He's had. Uh, he was in DTM. Lots more motorsport. Liam Lawson,
3: welcome to Speed
4: City. Thank you very much for for having me.
3: Yeah, he's also kicking ass in Japan, where he's one point off the lead, having won pretty much half the races. Um loss uh Liam, congratulations first and foremost. Uh saw you briefly in the winter, uh down down under uh as it were. But how you how you enjoying your year and how you getting
4: on? Been good. Yeah, it's been very, very good. Um a big adjustment going to Japan this year. Obviously, I've been doing the I guess the standard ladder system towards Formula One in the in the past four years, which was F four to F three to F two. Um so it's been a big uh, big change going to Japan this year, but um, it's been amazing, like the, the step up, not just in the speed of the cars, Obviously, the cars are a lot faster than what I'm used to racing, but uh, you're working with bigger teams, um, so a lot more engineers, uh, the, the regulations are, are more open, so you've got teams developing stuff on their own, you've got Honda versus Toyota, so you got, like, manufacturers um, against each other as well, which is very, very different to what I'm used to. So um, it's been really, really cool, a big learning curve.
3: And we sent our American champion, although he's British, Raoul Hyman over to join you. Have you met him yet?
4: Yeah, we've been catching up each weekend. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely um, be catching up with him in a couple of days when we fly to, to Motegi.
3: Now, Liam, we want to hear all about your career. We want to hear all about Red Bull. We hear what we want to hear about. But I've got a, a question that I know every racing fan in the world wants to know, and they were uh, they were given a, a lesson in it again today. But what are you Kiwis on? Van Gisbergen, do me a favour. Marcus Armstrong, do me a favour. The GOAT, Dixon, winning again yesterday. McElray first win in Indy Lights. Lawson, winning everything they throw at him. I mean, I, I don't even want to play cards with any of you lot. <laughs> What, what is, what what's are you water? eating? What, what, yeah, they get this modern era, forget the Denny and, 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 uh, what's it show? Um, <laughs> yeah, that, those days are gone, but the, the new Kiwi, which I would say started back in Brendan Hartley's day, it just keeps on churning them out. What
4: are you doing? I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's more, um, Well, I think one of the advantages we have is being in a car so young. So for me, I was uh, out of a go-kart and in a race car racing a Formula First car, which is, I guess, a step below Formula Ford, but it's still a race car. It's sort of obviously an open wheel, single seater, and you're wheel-to-wheel on a big scale circuit. And I was 13 years old when I was in this car, and I raced it um, at 13 years old. So... Mm. Whereas a lot of the guys I'm racing now, their first season in cars uh, when they're 16, you know, and they jump straight in on an F4 car. So for me, a lot of it comes from, I think, the early years of driving these um, these these cars with no downforce, like Formula 4s have no downforce. Uh, you have a like a semi slick tyre, which in the rain has absolutely zero grip, and obviously you have no downforce at the same time. So you, you just have a really good feel for things. You have a car with three pedals and you've got an H-pad and shifter, so <laughs> you're a lot more connected with the car um and at a young age i think that helps develop a lot um driving skills and 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 i guess car control and things like that but i also think that's um i don't know i think that's maybe because we're so small and and so far away and the the few of us that get you know are fortunate enough to get the opportunities to go overseas are generally i guess quite good whereas you know we're competing against quite a lot of British drivers, because it's it's a lot easier for British drivers or Europeans or even Americans to, to to do that. So I think there's just less of us, and it makes us look a bit better, maybe. Yeah,
3: yeah. no, and and I can, um, you know, having time uh, in in New Zealand as I have, I also think the community that you've got, which is small but very friendly, to give you an example, Shane Van Gisbergen was watching every Toyota race. Um, that we did in the last season, and I'm sure even when he, you know, you know, <laughs> when you were racing, he was probably following it then. Um, and and that's the community that is racing. Earl Bamba hasn't forgotten where his roots were. He employs Callum Hedge, you know, uh, H- Hedge, by the way, didn't even mention him. Oh, he's won every race in America so far, <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, so th- the list goes on and on. But it is a wonderful story, and I wish you all success because you guys are kicking ass. Van Giersberg and another Red Bull man there today, just having a ball. Um, you- you've got to think that he's coming this way full time, right?
4: Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, in a way, I, I hope he does. To be honest, yeah. I hope that he, he he does do that because uh, he's he's mastered supercars and he's he's completed that step for sure and he's dominated that. Um, and I think for someone of of his level, um, he's completely capable of coming over and, and adapting. I mean, the guy can drive literally anything, anything he wants. Yeah. So he, yeah, I think I think it, I think it'd be really cool for him just for a lifestyle change as well to be, I guess, based in the states. Um, obviously i'm I'm here right now and i i love this place um yeah i think for him it could be quite a cool step uh and i think from what i've seen he's maybe not you know super you know enjoying so much supercars with the way the direction that they've gone mm, yeah um, he was quite know, vociferous about himself, it yeah. But yeah exactly so i think for him it might be a way for him to start really enjoying racing again uh having having a big shift and i think racing in america looks it looks super fun, both IndyCar, NASCAR. Um, they both look really, really cool to, and, and enjoyable for the drivers to be in. Yeah.
0: Hey, Liam, I want to ask you about the Nick DeVries, Tari, Daniel Ricardo situation. Your name was obviously thrown around quite a bit during that discussion. And, uh, you know, it, it just seemed like a, a Red Bull brutal decision. And it's, you know, even F1 legend Sebastian Vettel has labeled Red Bull's decision to get rid of Nick DeVries so quick as brutal you know what what's your take on that whole situation and and you know i know you in the best way you can answer exactly (laughs) i know you're you're a red bull driver reserve driver so but it just you know it was just such a whirlwind and what's your take on that
4: yeah um i think that's i guess um from the outside it, it might look quite uh i guess probably look quite an aggressive decision to, to do that. But obviously, um, you know, the teams have a lot more information than what we see on the outside. So they have a lot more insight into what's actually going on. Uh, I guess how the driver's feedback is how, how, how what their actual speed is in, in all conditions. Mm. And I think that's, um, I think that's, yeah, I dunno, I guess, uh, I can't really comment much on the decision to, to replace Nick, mm. but, um, for Daniel going in, I think with where the team's at at the moment, um they've been struggling quite a lot i think that's quite clear and and i think that's um it was a much better option rather than having somebody if i was to jump in now it would be you know me my debut in formula one mid-season in a, in a car that's yeah that's tough. um it's quite difficult to drive it looks like you know and, and from what i've seen and and um i think the decision was more to have somebody experienced come in and try and help the team be pushed forward again uh and i think logically that was definitely daniel um to to, to go in there obviously i want to be in formula one but i want to be i to have the best possible opportunity to do well as as at the same time and i think me completing super formula um is what i would have wanted to do anyway to be honest
0: mm-hmm. i was thinking that I was thinking you know if you got this you never want to say no to formula one right but yeah. in a way I, are you sort of relieved in a way that you weren't thrown in
5: can't right in the middle of the season, yeah.
0: right in yeah. the middle of the season like that. You, you do get to, to finish up in Super Formula. You're second place. You're one point
4: off the lead. you got a, a great spot right now. Exactly that. Yeah, I think it's, it's at the time it's, you know, when it first, when you first, then the decision is first made, obviously I, I feel like I'm missing a shot at F1. Um, And if they had decided to put me in the car, I'm going to take that opportunity because I would take any opportunity I get to to to, to race in Formula One, but. You're, you're dead right at the same time. I think um, it's a bit of relief and, and I guess feels like the right decision to, to do this. I just hope that I still get that shot, you know, in, uh, in the future.
3: Yeah. And Liam, I've got a question that I've been itching to ask you. I've seen you on the wall, uh, and I know that, well, you tell us how many Grand Prix, but we see you a lot at the Grand Prix when you're not racing in Japan. Um, but just being on the headphones and being part of the Red Bull team over the weekend, is Max the phenomenon we <laughs> as journalists, kind of you know, purvey him as the results show that but he has got almost a a center like mystique about him about the way he goes about it you're there you're listening you're learning it's the greatest position for any junior driver to be in but are you amazed at his abilities or is it just he's just very good
4: no it is very impressive to be fair Um, it is very impressive it's it's a watch Um, he's in a basically just in a situation where he's incredibly comfortable with the car um so yeah he, he basically he's incredibly comfortable in the car that he's in um and he's he's very very good you know because you think of how big the 4 one operation is um you think about how big the 4 one operation is how much, how much information they get from all different directions and what they're trying to they're trying to work out what is important to take and, and to work on and what's not important. And Max is seems to be very, very good at going if if they focus on something and he goes, you know what, this is pointless, let's just do this, um, or something like that. He's very good at um at pinpointing exactly what what needs to be worked on and he won't waste time on something that's not mm. sort of gonna be beneficial. And I think he's able to to um to work that out quite quite and obviously then he's extremely fast doesn't yeah. make mistakes
3: yeah and what have they give what have they tasked you with i mean what give i mean give us an insight we we don't know we talk about red bull juniors and guys sitting on the wall whether it be jokovic or yourself um what what is your task or what have you learned or what do you bring to the table uh do you do simulator work what what is your job if you will with red bull
4: yeah so it's more the behind the scenes stuff that actually is probably away from the track back in back in Milton Keynes, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of simulator work. That's really where we actually, I guess, play a part. Not that it's a big part, but um on the actual race weekends, we don't it's obviously not super important for us to to be there, I guess. Um, because it's once once free practice three starts, um, I can no longer drive the car anyway. So oh, yeah. I think it's um it's it's more I guess the the stuff away from the track that we're actually playing a part in a little bit, but at the same time at the track I get a huge opportunity to just learn, you know, yeah. firsthand. And I think that's something that you can never underestimate how how big the step is um to, to Formula One. Like it's it's so much more advanced. You, you and I think it's why people going from F two to F one seem to struggle a lot. It's, it's just you just, you cannot be ready um, unless step. you actually work in that environment. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, not just the speed of the car obviously which is way way faster but um the stuff that you're working on with the car like the the setup work it's so much more advanced um really really fine margin millimeter margins and I think that's um something that you just need to for me I've now had nearly two years of experience working and I've learned so much that if I was to try and jump in Formula One two years ago no way I would be uh, ready for it interesting
0: Hey Liam, I want to ask you about your path to Super Formula in Japan. I mean, it's a highly respected championship. Got plenty of super license points, but what was your decision to end up there right now?
4: Um, I think it's it's uh, because of I f- basically with the way Formula One is right now and the way the the system is to get to Formula One with the super license points you're you're forced to do you're really forced to do f3 and f2 because they are basically they host the most amount of points you know if you if you finish top three and f2 you automatically have a super license um whereas championships outside of formula one outside of the ladder system i guess that like super formula like IndyCar, like other championships get a lot less points Mm -hmm. and so I think people, a lot more people would go to super formula because of how good the car is. I mean, the car is very similar to formula one. Um, so in terms of preparing as a driver to drive in formula one, it's a much better thing to be doing, um, than, than formula two and something that I've, I've now learned that by, by doing it. So, but there's just not that many super license points available. So it's a big risk, but fortunately for me, because I have the super license from the last couple of years of F2. Um, it means i don't have the pressure of going to Super formula and having to finish in the top two or top you know win the mm. championship to, to basically have a shot at f1 um obviously that's the goal but that's why a lot less people i, I would say go and, and and do it because of that reason basically so um and for us because i had the super license it was like Rather than doing a third season of F2, I'm not going to learn anything really doing that. Um, and with the way Formula 2 is right now, it's really hard to, to get the right shot, I, I, I guess, to, um, to be fighting for a championship. So it was a perfect opportunity to go to Japan and drive a, a, a faster car with, with a, a, a team that's closer to, to Formula 1 working level.
0: I don't get to see much of super formula and I'm intrigued by it, you know, being in Japan, it's a fast car. yeah, it's clearly a fast car and, and clearly respected with the, the, you know, not as many super license sports as formula two, but, but Liam talk about the difference and, and what's it like in super formula and being in Japan like that?
4: So, I mean, first of all, the, the competition is, um, it's quite high, especially because the guys there have done a lot of seasons, you know, they're really, really experienced drivers. Um, my teammate has done i think more than 10 10 seasons now of super formula so um yeah really really experienced so they just don't make mistakes especially in qualifying they're really good at delivering laps they only drive on their circuits um so you have to be really really accurate and and you can't afford to to slip up um so and then obviously the car is, is is extremely fast uh it's the the downforce is just a lot higher. I think the aero is a lot higher than, than Formula Two and what, what I've been racing in the past. Um, but also the setup work, what we're changing is is a lot relates a lot more to Formula One as well with the setup work we're doing, the focus on aero and and trying to be efficient with it. Um, ride height control, things like that. It's super, super fine margins, which I'm not used to. And it's also basically what you're working on in F1. Um so, and then as I said before, you got Toyota versus Honda so you've got two manufacturers I guess you know pushing against each other um and it's quite cool to have to have something to sort of develop be be a part of developing a car that's not super super fixed um as well like like I'm like I'm used to so obviously Formula One will always be the pinnacle by a long shot but this does feel a lot closer and it does feel like I'm learning a lot more towards that
3: yeah, and obviously the culture's hard. I don't know how Japanese is coming on, but it is a, a baptism of fire, both in a very insular world. Japanese racing is, I mean, I mentioned New Zealand racing. Well, if you want a, yeah. a, a, a very inward community that does its own thing and has its own language and way of going racing, uh, that's a, that takes a lot to get used to, I'm sure.
4: Yeah, exactly that. You know, a lot of people would, and I, and I, I if Nick really, if Nick Cassidy hadn't, hadn't gone there and done yeah. what he achieved in, in Super Formula and race in Japan, I, I probably wouldn't have really heard of it much because it's not that big around the world, but then you right you go to the, to the races in Japan and you get, you know, grandstands are completely full with people and you get, um, like 50,000 people nearly at some of the races and Super GT is even bigger than, than Super Formula. So, um, it's just so big, just, just in Japan. Uh, and it's very isolated to that. And I think they would like it to be more international, but um, it hadn't, hasn't been something that I guess they're focused on so much. So, yeah, it's very isolated, and, and but it's really big uh, in, in Japan.
0: Hey, we got a couple of questions from YouTube. Jesse says, uh, how would you compare driving a Super Formula car versus a current F1 car? And, and talk about the technical differences too.
4: Hmm. So it's, Super Formula car, very light. and it's the first thing you notice the car is very very lightweight even compared to formula one so um we're like three four hundred kilos kilograms lighter than formula one um so and you feel that especially in lower speed corners you have a you know a a really fast sort of direction change the car is very very responsive The probably the most responsive car that I've that I've driven Hmm. um even over formula one you know because even though formula one is so impressive There's no way of getting around that weight um the downforce is very very high so in a high speed corner in section you know the first sector of suzuka you have really high speed s's Our, our you know minimum speeds are probably quite close to formula one through that section because of how high the downforce is but then you get to a straight and because you don't have the power that formula one has um you basically don't you, you don't accelerate super hard, and you sort of reach a terminal speed of around three hundred kilometers an hour, and you just flatten out there because the car not capable of pushing past it. Um, we don't have DRS to to reduce that drag either. So um, most of the time lost compared to Formula One is is probably in that in that straight line phase, just because mm-hmm. we don't have the power running, yeah, like four hundred horsepower less than than Formula One. So um, those are probably the main differences.
0: I've uh, got another question from YouTube. Drew wants to know how many hours a week do you spend in the simulator?
3: Nah. so I
4: have so sort of two answers to that because I have my own um, simulator at home that I that I mess around on and play a lot of games and and um, huh. yeah, I guess race with friends and do stuff on my own and that's uh, definitely a couple of days a week. I'm 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 driving on that with Red Bull. It's once or twice a week. Uh, I would say it's Formula One work where we spend a full day basically working on um, on developing the Formula 1 car. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely it's probably two times a week in Formula 1, and then the, the other days I'll just be on my home sim.
0: And so did you get into your home sim a lot more during the pandemic? Like we <laughs> yeah. got to see Lando and Charles Leclerc and George Russell and all those guys. You know, they became, to me, it was fun just watching them because they were they were talking on their microphone during the races. It was really fun. Did you get into that during the pandemic?
4: For sure. I was, uh, to be honest, it was one of the coolest, uh, as, as as unfortunate as the pandemic was, um, the online racing sort of yeah. had, had this, and I don't think it'll ever really happen again,
3: no. but
4: it just had this um, obviously huge growth because everyone was at home. And I was back in New Zealand. Uh, I flew back to New Zealand during the pandemic. And I had like a little logitech Bolted to an ironing board um <laughs> and i i ordered like a, 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 you know yeah exactly i would i did actually get a, a a really cool simulator but it took quite a few weeks to get there because of the pandemic yeah um so I, you know for, through most of it i was just driving on this little setup but the racing we were we were on every single day um doing these online races and every night you're racing against van Gisberg and mclaughlin um <laughs> you're racing against and Verstappen, Norris, all the guys, basically, and, and F one as well. Everyone was just on, and and you'd all jump in these same leagues and race against each other, and it was so cool. And then we had series where it would be televised, and it would be like, you know, watching real racing, I guess. Um, Except
3: you were racing an ironing like an board.
4: <laughs> and I was racing on an ironing board. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's <laughs> like Connor Daly. He came on. He, he was talking about how his would fall apart in the middle of the race, like his chair would break or his. His uh, yeah. steering wheel was mounted kind of haphazard. It was it was great. Yep. Uh, yep. Struggled. to racing. Yeah. A couple more questions. Joe wants to ask: Which series is harder on your neck? Ah, super formula or
4: formula one? I guess formula one would be would be harder on your neck. You slightly longer races, and I think the terminal speed. You know, especially braking an F one. Um you deal with a huge amount of force on the, on the back of your neck, you know, the upper back um, top, your back part of your neck is deals with a lot of force there on braking. Cause you're, you're braking from 350 kilometers an hour and you're just stopping at an insane rate. So that's really where F1's pretty advanced on your neck. Um, laterally it's, it's would be a little bit more than super formula as well, but not so much. Um, but I would say definitely formula one is the pinnacle on, uh, on, on that neck sort of, um, stability yeah
3: i got a question about uh your mate yuki how do you think he's getting on um you obviously knew each other we saw on drive to survive how you helped him move out um i think your mates um but um you know i I, I've, I mean to be honest i i haven't seen him up close if you like since his toyota days um and he was a you know he was coming in as a big i am but he didn't change the world um in new zealand but he's since gone on and had a few rocky times but he's making it right
4: yeah, exactly. I think um, he's done. He's done pretty well in Formula One, and I see a lot less of him now than than I did. We used to pretty much live together, so yeah. I see a lot less of him now. But um, I think that's pretty normal once you reach F One. You know, it completely consumes your world. Um, and for him, he's got a, a huge amount to focus on uh, with with what he's doing. So um, I see him a lot at the track. I, the last couple of races, I've actually been reserved and. Being with AlphaTauri, uh I, Most of the year, I've been with Red Bull, and then we did a couple of races with AlphaTauri, so I could also spend time with both teams. Um, and so I got to speak to him a lot more uh, during Spa. Um, but, yeah, I definitely see a lot less of him now than, than I used to.
0: All right, guys, we need to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask Liam about a drag race. Well, ask
3: me if he can stay,
4: first of all. Well, it he looks
0: as you- like he's about to take off. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, you got a couple minutes to stick through us to the break?
4: I got about five minutes. Flip, there you that's go. All good, right, yeah. we're going
0: to do a quick break. And I'm going to ask you about this drag race. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. Hey, guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer. And I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no... Uh, No qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But, Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special, the water and the recipe?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, I tell you, this all beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm i definitely one of those. Because, You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a, a key thing. And that's the first thing... That uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's, it's got a great tie-in because obviously Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah,
0: and the uh, the facility out there it's amazing. They've they've really done it right. It's really fantastic.
3: So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep, uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in. Uh, uh, on, on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadtbeer, A L T S T A D T Altstadtbeer, A L T S T A D T beer.com. Altstadt
0: beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T beer.com.
4: Hello to everyone, this is Gunter Steiner, this is Speed City.
2: Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed
0: City. All right, welcome back. We got Liam Lawson with us, Red Bull f awesome, one Reserve driver. And I know you just got a little bit of time left, Liam, but I wanted to ask you, I was actually just watching my usual brainless car shows, and uh, one of my favorites is the CarWow Matt Watson drag races. And I look up, and there you are on that video Racing in a Red Bull, the uh, Sebastian Vettel's 2012 RB8, racing against a Rimac Nevera, and my favorite car of now, right now, currently, the McMurtry Spearling. Ooh. What a crazy race. And and I hate to admit this, I hate to bring it up, but you lost the drag race, didn't what? you? Yeah, it was crazy.
4: Yeah, I lost by a lot. <laughs>
3: uh, i thought he was gonna come up with some racing it, driver you know like excuse because racing drivers never tr- n- n- admit that sort
4: of stuff well i haven't got that far yet the excuse is about to come oh, okay now. good <laughs> basically well basically i'm versing i mean two electric cars one of them has got two thousand horsepower and the other one um has which is the mcmurtry Spelling, has the has a fan that obviously sucks it to the ground. uh it doesn't create drag unbelievably so it has this from zero kilometers an hour, it has two about two tons of of, of downforce, I guess, Holy or, or sucked into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shoot. So it launches, it launches at an unbelievable speed. You know, zero to a hundred is one point four seconds. Oh my gosh. Um, Pull your
3: eyeballs out.
4: Yeah, it's, it's exactly it's unbelievable. So and because it has this wicked downforce, risk, Obviously, I'm driving a Formula 1 car, which has no downforce at zero kilometers an hour. And then the faster I get, the more I'm being dragged and slowed down. So, um <laughs> This is a good a excuse. I like <laughs> it. We had a, we had a big headwind as well. It was like a really gusty day. Oh, headwind. headwind. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we had a high downforce on the car as well. Do you have, have a stomachache too? Down.
3: Yeah, but you're very lightweight. Did you have an extra meal or anything?
4: <laughs> yeah, I ate quite a lot that one. Well, so, um, yeah, we, we lost. We lost by a lot, but uh, it was just cool to see those cars, to be honest, and, and and to do the race. And for me to drive that car, Yeah, uh, it's honestly an emotional thing for me to do it because um, the first time I drove it was Goodwood a couple of years ago. And, and it's a car that I grew up watching. You know, those were the years that I was just getting into F1. In 2010, when Redwood won the first championship, I was eight years old. Oh, wow. Just a fanatic on, you know, learning on Formula One. So, um, yeah, it was very special to do. Oh,
3: yeah, bad. Emotional. Yeah. Well, look. But, hey, listen. I, I'm so glad you came on the show because you're one of those guys that everybody keeps hearing about, but probably doesn't know much about in terms of Formula One. I'm talking about our fans generally um, tune in to watch Formula One, and and they'll have heard, uh, as mentioned, you name your name along with the other Red Bull juniors. Um, but it's great to get an insight in what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about your social. Where you going? You said you're going to Japan on Tuesday, or you're off you're off home. Or, well, you're off back to Japan to to, to race, I guess.
4: Exactly. So um I have an extremely busy year with with travel because of uh, the the cross between Formula One and and, uh, and Super Formula. So I'm I'm still based in Milton Keynes, living next to Red Bull Racing. Or you lucky to it. man. Um, <laughs> so, How are you going with the roundabouts? <laughs> yeah, it's the roundabouts are good, but that's really the only good part about it.
3: Um, <laughs> yep, you summed it
4: up. So, Exactly. So um but obviously I traveled to Japan a lot for the races and then I traveled to the Formula One races as well. So uh on Tuesday I leave for Japan. We race this weekend in in Motegi, next weekend in Motegi. Oh, that's a good and story. then I'm flying from there to the Dutch Grand Prix um for basically the next race back after summer break. So it's about to get pretty hectic the the second half of the year.
3: Yeah. You know, just as just as a fifteen hundred meter rule, you must be. I mean, you're, I know you're in the middle of it all, and we've asked you some pretty pretty tough questions. But it must be so exciting to be part of Red Bull in this era.
4: It is, yeah, because obviously the team is is uh, in an unbelievable situation where they we're we're sort of they're just super dominant, and everything that you know we're sort of developing and doing with the car is just working, and everything. And uh, the more we we change and understand about the car, and the more the team does. Um, they just, they just keep finding time. And, uh, the closer everybody gets the further we also extend, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy. So obviously, um, the team is fully aware that's, um, you can only be dominant for so long. And, and that's why the work is as it's always been, nobody's relaxing off even because the car is good that, you know, that the work ethic is still a hundred percent there to keep moving forward. Um, and trying to keep this, I guess, you know, streak as, as long as we can. And for me, it's exciting, but it's, extremely anxious at the same time because um I'm obviously at the closest point I've, I've ever been um uh so yeah I'd basically just uh waiting to see to see what happens
3: well give us your social and uh, let everybody know where they can find you and follow you uh whether it be super formula uh, or, or Alpha and Red Bull
4: um yeah I guess for, I mean really the only social media is probably Instagram which is just Liam Lawson 30 um I don't I have other social media platforms, but I don't really run them. And I don't, don't have time it. to <laughs> it. Right. Um, yeah, you kind of put me on the spot there. but um, <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. That's probably Instagram, yeah.
0: All right. That's cool. Liam Lawson, thank you very much. And good luck yeah, with man. Super Formula and uh, and your career moving to Formula 1.
3: By the way, I've got bad news for you. It looks like you're going to get Callum Hedge whether you like it or not <laughs> next year. So you, you better finish off Japan while, while you can because he's coming. <laughs>
4: I know he is. He is, and uh, I'm excited for him. It's gonna be a big step. Um, obviously, he's to finish out his championship, but he's uh, doing Brilliant. an unbelievable job so far. So it's it's looking good. But um, yeah, it'll be cool for him.
3: Thanks, man. Appreciate it, and go well. We'll see you at the Dutch Grand Prix.
4: See you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Have Thanks a good holiday. You. What a great kid, man. Ah, oh,
3: awesome, awesome 21 guy.
0: Twenty-one years old.
3: I know. World at his feet. I was there when he signed his Red Bull contract, February 11th. You? 2018, yes, because wow. that's his birthday. That okay. was his 18th birthday. Was he it a Toyota? Bike. Yeah. Okay. They signed him there and then after winning the championship. Uh, pretty cool.
0: Yeah, because he, I saw that he did Macau too. Did you commentate?
3: I uh, let me see. Uh, I do yes, I guess, I, yeah, I did.
0: I was just thinking the only time you weren't there was during the pandemic. Yeah, so. but
3: that, he didn't. There, there was no F3 during the pandemic. Oh, that's right. So he that's didn't right. do it then. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, I was there when he was there. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and I know that would have <laughs> been my last year. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: I know that he couldn't answer really because he's a Red Bull driver. Yeah, it's
3: a tough question to ask, and you don't want to get too far into it. But um, because, because like I said, you know, uh, what he says in the public and, you know, uh, quiet, you know, listening ears, I thought he was very professional. Um, You know, uh, he's bound to have his own opinions, but I think what he said was both interesting and right. He basically admitted that he. Wouldn't uh, is happy that he didn't get thrown in mid season, and that that, yeah. that that you know, and because he knows. Finish, I mean, he's he could easily win this thing. Yeah. to perform this year. Uh, we've seen we've seen and Drive to Survive. You know, we've seen ourselves with Medland, Jack Crawford, another Red Bull Junior. Yeah. What did Marco say? He needs to. This is not about uh, Lawson. He was talking about um, Jack. Yeah. And he needed to improve, and we saw it firsthand. Because Medelin said, Who what were you saying to Jack? And he said, Well, he's got to improve. He's got to start winning. Yeah. And so he's under the same cosh. And while we all hear that that Liam obviously is performing, he's second in the championship in a very tough championship. There's there's no mercy here at Red Bull. And yeah. and you only need to look at Montoya. Fittipaldi just won in F two. Uh there's Jack Crawford. I mean, there is something like 8 to 10 Red Bull juniors that he's up against. Mm-hmm. And, and then finished. Ricardo gets pushed in. Um <laughs> you know and, and actually it might it might turn out I think reading between the lines it I think this move by AlphaTauri not to bring him in um alongside Yuki um is is actually a, a good one because they need to move that team forward and he didn't want to have that responsibility of learning to be an F1 driver and the responsibility of effectively you know, all sh- or moving all ships up, up, upward. Yeah. And it's such a tough thing to do that coming in the middle of the season Ugh. like that. You know, you want
0: that traditional prep before the season, you know, to learn about the systems as much as you yeah. can. I know he's, you know, going to the races now, but, but also think about, and you're thinking about Sonoda. How to from from the team standpoint, they wanted to measure him. They really Yes, and, they did, yeah. And and they they couldn't really do that with DeVries because they didn't know where DeVries was, because he came in, you know, basically. I mean, he was a rookie, even yeah. though he's a 26-year-old rookie. So oh, without having too- oh, having sorry. Ricardo there, they at least can say over these next few races that they're measuring. Um, Yuki sonoda against somewhat of a known entity you know I know that Ricardo struggled but still they're measuring against somebody who's won eight races Ricardo
3: yeah and Ricardo's path, if you will is only one way it yeah. is to replace Perez or not replace Perez but that's the that's how they're looking at this and and at which point um that would be obvious to bring Liam in or whoever they feel is the better fit but Liam is first in line at the moment and he would therefore either join Yuki. Which would be interesting. Like you said, he almost lived together. Uh, they're mates. Not that that has anything to do with anything in Formula One. Um, but if Yuki's not pushing it, it might be an easier path um, once Ricardo is still 33, 34. I mean, he's not around forever. This, this whole move with DeVries might have helped him. Yeah. And you don't know what could happen.
0: What happens if, you know, well, yeah. Liam Lawson could end up? There's no telling where he could end up. You of know? course. That he could end up next to Max Verstappen. <laughs> end up with Colton Hurt
3: or Andretti Global. Well, let's,
0: yeah. <laughs> we have no idea. That's true, but he is definitely one to watch, and I think we're lucky to get him. Thank yeah, him. This it's is fantastic. Your, your relationship through the Toyota Racing Series. Yeah, yeah plug.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, let's see what else. Johnny Green. Um, well, we got to talk Alpine. We've got to. Okay. Did you hear that? Helmet. One of the stories I put in was Helmut Marco saying Andretti needs to buy Alpini. He he basically what I say, said. Yeah. What I said last week. Um. Uh, and, and I feel much better now. He said it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, but it is an obvious thing to say. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. The fact that the fact that
0: he said it though, I mean, we don't know what's going on right now with Andretti. All that we know is that every time anybody asks Michael the question, he you know what's going on, he says. We are still proceeding as if we have a team. Yeah, you know they've hired people. They're moving forward. They're doing things. I don't know what they're doing exactly, but you know well, we don't know what's going
3: on. Well, we, I, I can I sum it up. An
0: announcement, you know.
3: I can sum it up. Alpine, Alpine are at sixes and sevens and don't know where they are. Well, yeah, they don't know who's in charge. They don't know what they're doing. They fired everybody that makes any sense. And Andretti goes from strength to strength globally, and it's why it's called Andretti Global. Um, and if they're not winning in Indy, they're winning in Extreme. If they're not winning in Extreme, they're winning in Supercar. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're pretty handy. Uh, Hunter McElroy, by the way, uh, another Kiwi winning for sure. Andretti Older Sport.
0: In uh, Indy Lights this and last weekend you, you talked all about how crazy The yeah. number of drivers But tell everybody how the size of New Zealand New Zealand's ridiculous There's more sheep than there are people <laughs> Well, that doesn't give us <laughs> No, that us doesn't a give you human. much of
3: a perspective That was my geography lesson <laughs> New Zealand, a, 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 a country of 4 million people And 60 million sheep <laughs> I was like, God, is that what they teach you in high school? So 4 million people Well, it's about 6 now I went to high school back, okay, and, back so in the early days It's not much bigger than Houston or Chicago or whatever No no, and in you know. distance I would say it's Houston to Dallas in terms of end to end, you know. I mean it's you know, you're not you're not talking a great distance. It's you can insane. do it in a day. It's <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah. It's insane that they've produced so That's many I mean, great yeah. athletes, not just Formula, you know, not just car racing. I mean car racing is where they, you know, to 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 the car racing fan are outstanding, you know, um but they they they're outstanding in rowing, in soccer, in, you know, so many other sports for such a tiny country. It's it's pretty incredible. Mm.
0: Hey, I saw you put in a story in here and I'm smiling because Ha-ha. this is, I know this is near and dear to your heart. Which one's F, this? F1 considers DRS bad. Did you see I sneaked that in? <laughs> you didn't sneak it in. Ha-ha-ha. I'm surprised you didn't put it in bold and all caps. I was or... gonna. Uh, but yeah, well, uh, I know you've been, the reason I've been saying all that because you've been complaining
3: about DRS. Well, and I don't think it's, I think it's a step. In the right direction, but I don't think it's a step far enough. I think they well, should. but it's re- a, at least, a tr- you know, yeah. you got to start somewhere. Well, here's my thing. So DRS was brought in when we couldn't overtake. This new era of downforce means that the cars exactly. can run, as planned by Braun, the cars can run closer together. We've seen it. We've seen more overtaking. And yet we've also seen people fighting to, 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 to not be overtaken in a DRS zone or to wait for an overtake. You know, uh, and so now it's getting kind of pointless because you can only, if you overtake somebody in the DRS zone and it's a long enough DRS zone, they're going to re-overtake you in the next DRS zone. So it's after you, sir. So I just think that it should go to an indie rule, and I think this is a step in the right direction, banning it for qualifying, because that makes sense, um, because you don't need it. Right. Um, And and, and actually controlling it if you still want it. I'd get rid of it completely because I I think you've changed the cars enough. Well, what if we went
0: to the idea that I started talking about? I guess um, two weeks ago, where we go to a something like indie, where you have a limited, a finite amount, yeah. like push to pass. But yeah, we could. That's something you could easily just try. I right? agree. Just turn it. Just say, all right, you get you get X number of
3: seconds or X number of sessions you know button push and it would be great for watching perez for example who'd saved his drs and in the last 10 laps was using it to side his way through the field for example or verstappen who used it right at the start and has now got a seven second league but the others are catching Mm. it would help the drama of what we as pundits do commentate etc on it um because i think it would add a little drama to it not that Formula 1 needs drama. All right, well, let's take a <laughs> Let's take a quick break and when we come back, we got some
0: more Formula 1 stories and a little IndyCar and maybe a little NASCAR. Listen to Sunday Night with Speed City back after this.
3: If you want to know where the path to Formula One and in Indy begins, it's three simple letters VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia, are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 U.S. championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the Road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at velocity underscore rd.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
0: Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City.
1: Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Max, for Uh
0: During the break, I was talking about going to the Porsche Experience Center, they call it, in Atlanta, and it's been there a while. But they have a racetrack there, and they've got a museum, a little museum, and they've got, and they also had a restaurant. And when, when I'm stuck in Atlanta waiting on a flight, and I have, I have like five hours to burn, and my wife looks at me and she goes. Well, there's that Porsche Center over there, and I went. Wow. Oh my gosh! Wow! What a fantastic idea! I, she thought of it before I did, so we made dinner reservations at their little restaurant. We went over there, but they, it was really cool. They've got a museum. They've got all the latest cars. I hope I hope you check
3: your keys at security and your wallet because that's something you, your wife doesn't want to take you take you there. Well, is the wallet with you? <laughs>
0: so so we went into the uh, the little gift shop. And I was walking around, and I look up on the top shelf. I didn't take a picture of that. They're showing some pictures on YouTube. But I saw this Gucci-looking purse, and my wife was on the Three other nine? side of the shelf. So I just <laughs> – I, I, I reached up and pick it up. It's on the very top shelf. Oh, so well, you're me, tall. So Mr. Long Arms, I, I look, pick it up, and I look at the price, and I literally – my eyeballs just popped out. It was a $9,000 <laughs> purse. But uh, but she did take you to the Porsche experience. The least
3: you could do is buy her a bag. Well, I
0: was just thinking. I thought, well, just I knew it was going to be ridiculous, right? But I thought I'll just at least look. But, uh, but yeah, I took some videos that were shown on YouTube right now. It's right by the airport, and you actually see planes. I did not land. know that was there. Yep, That's and, cool. and then while I was there, the uh, the storm hit, and the rain just started pouring down, and then the lightning came, and then the power went out. So we had to cancel our dinner oh, plans. Man. They actually they shut the whole thing down. They, they bet. just said so we had to cancel our dinner plans and go eat in the airport. But there you go. But yeah, it's it was a very cool uh, experience to go see the Porsche Experience Center, and you can actually take delivery of your car there too. So I shall be seeing a lot of Porsches next weekend. I'm doing the Monterey reunion. I am so jealous. I really. You. I may call you tomorrow, or the next day, and say, "Hey, I'm I'm coming." hey I've
3: got a there's a hot seat in the <laughs> country <laughs> is there
0: a microphone there yeah, I'll come with you don't worry uh all right what do you want to talk about Johnny uh on YouTube couple talking about ask yeah, some questions Bruce uh, says like he was talking about we're talking about New Zealand He said like PTP in in IndyCar yeah Paul Tracy yeah absolutely yeah yep yeah. yeah. absolutely and and
3: what about Scott Dixon oh I know the goat how crazy is that you know it, it <laughs> It's funny when, when that spin happened, I thought to myself, it's not over because that's, that's the kind of encouragement that's the kind of belief you have in the goat is that it doesn't matter what they throw at Dixon. He's just, he's metronomic in his approach. I did not think he was out of that race. And again, he proved me right. Um, he's, he's amazing.
0: It's just how long can Uh, he go? I mean, uh, what was the stat that I saw about him winning races? I'm gonna look
3: that up, but but I mean it's just amazing. How old is Scott? No. He's won ah, the, 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 the one he's won in every nineteen of his seasons, he's that's won. what it was. That's what that's it was. That's the stat. Which is incredible in longevity. It's not like he I'd had a rookie of. season and then took five years to ease his way in and then became good. No, he's been winning from the get go. Uh, and he, came, funnily enough, his and Liam's story is very similar. Started off in the Junior Formulas, back in, um, you know, Formula, Force, Formula Formula First and Formula Ford, uh, and then on through. And, uh, yeah, uh, now Marcus Armstrong's following him, McLaughlin's followed him, um, yeah, and many more. Uh, McElroy is another one. So, too wild. Too I, wild. I just emailed our producer a photo that was passed around. I
0: think it started on Instagram under IndyCar memes. And the photo, Jonathan, you won't be able to see it. unless. Ah, you I'll go back to my, no, I can see it. On yeah, screen. but it, it, the caption is, it's the year 2045. Scott Dixon just secured his 13th <laughs> <thirteenth> IndyCar championship. and <laughs> <laughs> claims he won't stop till his 20th. And it's, and it's somehow one of those pieces of software that ages you and that show him
3: aged. I thought it was pretty uh, hilarious. Have you seen that? The uh, F1 um, intro with where all the, women, all the drivers are women. No, I have That's not. That's pretty funny. It's the, it's the opening titles, the, the Sky Sports opening titles, but they've morphed them into women, into women, which is interesting because the cutest is y- Yuki Sonoda, which is weird. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the, uh, in my opinion, um, and then there's another one where all of the drivers basically have a sulky look on the face, and it just when you you get all the way to the end, and Verstappen's like, mm. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Ah, oh. uh, AI.
0: Uh, so back to IndyCar. Um, so Alex Pillow.
3: The, yeah, the this is... is.
0: The gap's down to 100 points, 101.
3: Yeah. But I say down to, it's still. That's a, a huge healthy gap. That's a healthy lead. Um, they could have done with Palou not finishing, um, or Skip Dixon could have done with that. Uh, and so were the others chasing him. But what an interesting time for Palou. He, uh, I'll tell you what, he's got some fortitude mentally. Because he's not only racing at the top of his game. He's fired his Monaco-based uh, company. He's refused. He's rene- getting reneged on a McLaren uh, contract for 2024, which is pretty darned amazing. And he's done that for two reasons. McLaren aren't winning. Uh, Ganassi is winning. And they did with Scott yesterday. Uh, he's leading the title, Chase. I think he's happy where he is. But the fact that he's fired his management company, or at least they've parted ways with him because he literally reneged on a contract they put together for him. Uh, And Zach Brown, who I'll be seeing next weekend, is not a man to trifle with. Mm, he's not.
0: That's right. You get, Zach's gonna be driving out. He's there. gonna be
3: driving Formula One cars. Yeah, he's driving yeah, the Williams. Yeah, he tweeted out the other day he was gonna be driving multiple cars. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, he he has quite a collection. He drives his own cars, uh, and he has a Formula One car. He has a Williams Formula One car. I don't know if he has a, Form, a McLaren Formula One car, but uh, but I'm sure he will be driving some sort of McLaren uh, over the weekend. It's the 60th anniversary uh, of McLaren this year, so that's exciting. Um, but. He he you know, he loves his historic. And I'm going through
0: it in my head. What do I have next weekend? I swear I've got something I better ask my wife.
3: California, here I wanna right go on.
0: to that. Last year I wanted to go to that and I just didn't couldn't make it work. I have too many balls in the air, Mr. Green. Oh ah, well. You gotta hit a few swat a few. Swat a few. <laughs> so what have you got in your stories? Moneygram,
3: uh, yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah, moneygram. I um I thought that was interesting just because it's It was on motorsport.com. I got a question
3: for both you and our audience. Is it too easy to say, oh, Bonotto, Alpine? You know, it just seems like there's not much much very creative about that. There must be some talent that is ready to shine that isn't Bonotto and who comes in under a cloud anyway of just being thrown out of one of the yeah, top teams. Yeah. yeah. I don't He's think changing. that's gonna help. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna help Alpine to okay. put in. Who? who? I don't know. I don't, I don't know have... enough about I tell you who no, Dave O'Neill. That's um, true. You know, I don't know enough about the up-and-coming engineers. I mean, look at James what about Vowles. Dave O'Neill. Well, there you go, Dave <laughs> O'Neill. But James Vowles, I think, was a great move from Mercedes. Yes, good I, look at look at example. who's at Mercedes and who, you know, the, the James Allison's of this world that that have been there for a while, um, you know, and offer a lot. See who's you know, Mike Crackett, Aston Martin is doing a cracking job. Mm-hmm. Nicely played. Um, I'm just checking YouTube to
0: see if anybody had any thoughts here because I don't know enough. I, I don't know Eric Bouyer, another Frenchman. Well, you know, again tainted. Yes, the fact that he was, yep, you know, yep. been there, done that, tried it, didn't work. But you know how that—that's just like coaches in the in college football here and NFL here. They come and go, and sometimes they land. How and they about get, a college coach?
3: Well, sort of Ted Lasso for Formula One, wouldn't that be interesting? I think Alpine's in, in enough, disarray, <laughs> enough trouble. They need. <laughs>
0: they don't need Ted Lasso. They need. Yeah, they need. Uh, they need somebody to come in and and really write that ship. It's crazy. Drew on uh, YouTube says he says I like the Andretti to Alpine Alpine idea.
3: Well, they've already got the Renault contract. It really is a simple fit. I mean, no word of a lie. Marco's not out of out of school here at all, and I think that that there is, I mean, I read another interesting story about what they were saying in that story, Andretti Saga outcome expected in September. If you read that story, which, by the way, is on GrandPrix.com, a great source, Joe Sayed, I was going to say, that's Joe's, isn't it? Joe yeah, just said. Um, and and why I like getting stories from him is that, that if you want something a little bit left field or something that's on the back burner that isn't maybe a headline in a racer or an autosport, uh, Grand Prix does a good job of that. And in there, he's quoted as saying, the FIA, uh, and Suleiman says, we ha- we can't break our own rules. We have said there is enough room or there is credence. What was the, what's the word? There is... Uh, a rule that there can be as many as twelve teams. Yeah. So we it's can't. Like you can't. Cl- you can't say, well, the current teams don't want it, so we're not going to do that. That you just can't run a business that way. Yeah, and they're you know it, it's at the peak and all that, but but you know we've seen
0: motorsports many times wax and wane in popularity well let's let's get an andretti and a
3: cadillac in here right now and and-, and and look at what i mean people's minds are. remember when 2012 do you remember when formula one started here in austin there was marussia there was yeah. Caterham, there was yeah, hrt Caterham. there was virgin um america was on the edge of bringing its own team in but it never happened so Formula One, McLaren in the next 10 you know, over that period, almost fell apart. Williams almost went into receivership. Um, you know, um, so I just find it very odd that now suddenly, oh, we're fine. We've got all our franchises. We don't need any more help.
0: Mm, yeah. And, you, you know, speaking of all those, the last one was Haas. And that story yeah. you were talking about was MoneyGram. They were talking about MoneyGram in this motorsport.com article. And, and, and too nearly pulled out of Formula One before the Concord Group. Right. But they talked about... They they said exactly what I've been saying about Moneygram. They're saying it's easy to get MoneyGram confused with a wave of crypto or investment companies that come to one, but but they are not that. Mm. They are a very long established money transfer business. And they've been they're an American company, they've been around for a long time. It's a great partner for Haas. My point about all that is that Haas needs to do something
3: with it now because it is disappointing right now with Haas. And they need to you know step it up. There, hey, was, one, there was one story in there about Alpha Romeo might take their brand name to Haas.
0: Hmm. Okay. After the Audi comes in. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, you talk about GrandPrix.com with mm-hmm. um, Joe Sayard. I have one that I like, and it's another one of your buddies, Keith Collentine. Yes. It's racefans.net, yeah. I think it is. Yes. Yeah. That's he, another good Keith site. Keith's like a boy. Yeah, it Another doing. good site about that has, you know, off the beaten
3: path a little bit like that. Mm hmm. And that's another good one. That's I always. And by the way, there's quite a few out. junior sites out there now, starting to proliferate a little bit better. I'm getting into it. Uh, obviously, the juniors doing a bit of F3 and F4 um, or FR and F4, uh, and so I've I've come across quite a few sites now that are that are you know young guns and so on, and people like Lawson get interviewed yeah. and it's interesting. Yeah, there's that one Twitter account, F1 Feeder Series. Yes, Yep. follow those guys. Yeah, and uh, usopenwheel.com. Uh, mm. Yeah.
0: Joe of Oyster Bay says, would Haas sell? They've yes. already been approached. Yes. Because Michael said he's knocked on every single door. Well, we know that. But back, back uh, the first time that, you know, that the, last year when Andretti first started all this, he talked about Haas.
3: But, you know, right now, um, you know, I think. You mean would they, would they sell to Andretti? Yeah. Because mm. they've already gone down that road. Right. They've they? already
0: asked him and they said no at that point. But. You know, I guess everything's got a price, has, but yeah. but Haas is enjoying this popularity for his company, probably right now.
5: Yeah,
3: I don't know. Oh, we're out of time, dude. We are uh, down we, to thirty we, seconds. I don't think. Yeah, I think Haas has has voted with his feet. I think they'll stay for now. But will no. they sell? He's a businessman. Yeah. Uh, thanks
0: everybody for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube and on the thanks radio. Thanks, Liam Lawson. Thanks to Liam Lawson. That was fantastic. No telling who we'll have for you next week. So tune in for next Sunday night. Thanks everybody.
4: Happy Talk to see you soon.